and also for the set man over this ministry, over this fellowship, for the privilege to share God's word with his people. Alright. Please turn your Bible with me. Psalm 121. Psalm 1 to 1. We'll read from verse 1 to 8. Psalm 121, verse 1 to 8. Psalm 121, verse 1. I lift, I lift up my eyes to the hills. From whence does my help come? My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. He will not let your feet be moved. He who walked, he who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not smit you by the day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep you, your life. The Lord will keep all your going and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Amen. Verse 1 says, I'll lift up my eyes unto the hills, from whence comes my help. Two, my help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer my foot to be moved. He who keeps me will not slumber. Our topic this evening in our Bible studies: how to practically rely on God to supply your needs. How to practically rely on God. To supply your needs. Your need of finances, health, marital needs, academic needs. How to practically rely on God to supply your needs. In this topic, we are going to be learning together. It's a Bible study. It's not a preaching. And my Bible study class, I enjoy it when it is interactive because it's a Bible study. And so I would like you to feel free to talk, share your own view, share your opinion, Give us your own inspiration, your personal revelations, and let's link together. Let's rub minds one another. Let's interact the scriptures. Let's talk about it. You know, topics like this, if I would say, are easier said than done. I'm not going. Uh, I'm not going to just. Straight away, give us 10 keys to see that your needs are met by God. Eight keys, eight principles to see that God supplies all your needs. Yes, we've been taught these things before. But if we take an assessment of the people's life who have been taught these principles and these uh, keys, on how to see that God really 
supply their needs, we get to find out that they still dabble on some other things. Even after being taught the keys on how to rely on God to get their needs. I don't know if you are following me. So let's talk the truth. So we are going to be discussing the truth here now. So feel free, I beg you, share your opinions and your revelations and inspiration from the scripture as God teaches us as we look into his word this evening. So once again, the topic is how to practically rely on God to supply your needs. How do I, as a person, get my needs from God? I would like to ask, is it possible to have a life without needs? Can we have a world without needs? Can we, uh, somebody should please, maybe Glory, please come and help me. Be my mic distributor. So, like I said before, it's a teaching. And the best form of teaching is one whereby we both learn together. It's symbiotic learning. So, I learn, you learn. I, I, when I got the topic, I pondered on it. Can we have a world without needs? So, let's talk. Is it possible that this world, there is no needs in this world? Anyone here helping us? Let's talk. We have a lot to dig in. We have a lot to, we have a lot to really dig in. It's not possible. We're talking through our nose. Eh? Pastor Joe is saying something. It's possible, but with a condition. With a condition. Okay. Why I say it's a condition? You know, there are conditions for constant supply. But unfortunately, not every one of us will need the same. Everybody's going to say, if you want liberty to, to if I present what I feel is my condition for working to have a world without needs. Okay, he has given us his own opinion. Someone at the back. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. If we realize in the scripture, realize that Jesus may come to know that there is need. You see, he said the Gentiles seek after these things. Mm. See, when he was talking about seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all, all these things shall be added unto you. He said the Gentiles seek these things. So if you are living a life of the Gentile, you live the life of that. But when you seek the kingdom, in the kingdom there will be no needs. Needs are just met. Okay. That's the life that Christ wants us to enter, the life of entering into the kingdom. When we enter into the kingdom, in that world, there is no need. But in this other world, there will always be need. In the world, you have tribulation, but in him, you have peace. Amen. Amen. Okay. 
Please, like I said once before, let's feel free to share our own insights and revelations as we go into the study. How to practically rely on God to supply your needs. So I want to take us some preliminary things before we begin to look at the steps or the principles to see that our needs are met by God and God supplied them for us. Now, at what point, if I may ask again now, at what point did man start to have needs? When God was creating this world, let's go back to Genesis now, the beginning of beginnings. When God was creating the world, did God make provision for needs? That man is going to be needing this. Was there a provision that he will fall short for his sin and have needs? Was there needs in place? A yes or a no? Like when God was creating the world now, was there needs? The God made needs. No, no. As in, when he was making, creating this world now, he made Adam and Eve. Yes. Now, Adam and Eve, did they have any needs before the fall? Please give him the mic. Okay. Hello? Amen. Amen. Yes, they have needs. They have to wait on God. They have to wait unto God for those men to be met. Okay. Any other person with a contrary view? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Before the fall of Adam and Eve, there was no need because God already made provision for that. It was the fall of Adam and Eve that brought about need. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Good. Someone else has an opinion, okay. Praise God. Hallelujah. Before the fall of man, there was no need, but even before um, Eve was created, there was need. When God created man, he said it's not good for him to be alone. So he created him to meet man. But if it wasn't for God, would Adam, would Adam have tell God that he has a need? No, thank you. So there was no need. There was no need. So need starts when man fall. And the Bible says in Genesis 4.26, that was when man began to seek God. All was already supplied to him. But after the fall, he started asking God for needs, for things. God himself said, now you're going to get food through your sweats now, and then you suffer like this before you begin to feed. All right. What is a need? A need means to have requirement for something. A need is a requirement for something. For instance, living things, they need water to survive. Living things need air to breathe. As humans, we need air to breathe. So we can say that air is a requirement for breathing. Water is a requirement for living. So a need is a requirement for something. A need also means to want something strongly 
or to desire or long for things. Now, after a long walk, for instance, now after a long walk, one needs water to quench taste. So water becomes what? A need. Water becomes a need. So a need is a requirement. So in our personal life too, there are some basic requirements needed for everyday survival. Isn't that so? So that's a need. And life has always, at one point or the other, life has always been filled with needs. Man has always have needs on a daily basis. Now, as this world increases, the needs of man also what? Increases. Well, this needs varies from persons to persons. Like they say, one man's food is another man's poison. Every man has his own areas of what? Of needs. Every man has his own place where the shoe, if I would say, pinches in. We know we have supernatural supply. But that's why we're looking at the keys now, how to practically rely on God to get that needs to men, to supply that particular what? That particular need. So, now there are basic needs. I'm taking us some, some preliminary studies before we begin to, once again, go into the topic in full. There are five areas of needs for a man. There are five areas that I coined myself. We have the physical, spiritual, mental, material, and emotional. Five areas. Physical, spiritual, mental, material, and emotional. Under the physical aspect, we have food, water, clothing, shelter, air, safety, etc. Food, water, clothing, shelter, air, and a host of others. Then the spiritual fellowship needs, communion, purity, power, authority. These are spiritual needs of man. Then the mental needs, intelligence, creativity, education, material needs, house, car, clothes, lands, businesses, structures, under the material aspects, then the emotional needs of man, love, care, peace, joy, healing, friendship, family. These are the areas of needs of a man. These are areas of needs of a man. So even if a man has a hundred million, he still has needs. The rich young man, no, not the rich, yes now, that came to Jesus. Say, what do I lack? And Jesus looked at him and loved him. Say, you lack one thing. So every man has needs in one aspect or the other. 
to that man now, his knees was not physical, his knees was not material, but his knees was what? Spiritual. He wants to gain eternal life. He wants to gain eternal life. And so he came to meet Jesus and said, what do I do that I can have these words eternal life? And Jesus said, go and obey the commandment. He said, oh, I am keeping them since my youth. Say, what do I lack? And say, ah, Jesus looked at him and said, you lack one, one thing. So that is his own, his own needs. His own need. So once again, a need is a requirement for what? For something. Now we're going to look at this study now in three outlines. We're going to look at human nature. And it crave for things. Or desire for things. The human nature... And it's crave for things or desire for things. That is to say, the human nature wanting to have his desires or his needs met. The human nature wanting to have his desires or his needs met. Then number two, we'll look at Jesus' response or Jesus' thoughts concerning our desires for things or concerning our needs. What's Jesus' thoughts? What's his mentality concerning our needs? What's his thoughts? What's Jesus thinking on our knees? We'll look at that. So then finally, then we'll now look at how to practically rely on God to supply our needs. How do we rely on God to supply our needs? So the first one says, human nature and it crave for things or desire for things. The human desire wanting to have the needs met. In my opinion, humans are created with needs. In my opinion, humans have needs. They have needs. The desire for things is innate in us as humans. As humans, we desire things. We long for things. Paul said, desire the best gifts. Didn't he say so? Yes. He said so. He said, desire, covet the best gifts. So that's a desire. James 4, 2 says, you lost and have not. You keep and desire to what? To have. So naturally speaking, humans they desire things. They, as in, they crave for things. Let's talk now as humans. Are there points in your life where you, you crave for things? Let's be open now. We're in church, I know. Are there points in time where you crave for things? You long for things? Yes. It's innate in you. It's a desire in you. To have some of your things met. So humans mostly desire these needs to be met or have needs met for pleasure or to have some status quo. For pleasure or to have a look, like people to see them as kind of important in the society. So let's, let's look at some Bible scriptures that back this up. Ecclesiastes 1.8. Ecclesiastes 1.8 says, 
Ecclesiastes 1 8. All things are full of labor. Man cannot utter it. The eyes is not satisfied with seeing, nor the ears filled with hearing. The eye is not satisfied with what? Seeing. So human nature will definitely crave or crave for things. Backing that up, Proverbs 27 20. Proverbs 27 20 says, Hell and destruction are never full. So the eyes of man are never satisfied. Hell and destructions are never full. So the eyes of man are never satisfied. Proverbs 27 20. Remember, we are looking at how the human nature crave for things. How the human nature desire things. Same, let's go back to Ecclesiastes again. Ecclesiastes 6 7. Ecclesiastes 6 verse 7. No, 6 7. Ecclesiastes 6 7. All the labor of man is for his mouth. And yet, the appetite is not filled. So that's the human nature. The human nature longs for things. And that is why you see people go the extra mile for what they crave for or what they desire or to see that their needs are met. That's why people go extra lengths just to have their needs be met. We hear people say, I'm ready to do anything. Whatever it will cost, whatever it will take, bad or evil, I'm going to do it to get what I want. People, people are ready to kill. People are ready to steal, fight, betray, blackmail, in order to have their needs met. So that's the human what the human nature. But there are others who don't have this um, acts to kill, or don't have this sin in them to steal to get their, to meet their needs. They wouldn't fight. They wouldn't uh, betray or blackmail. But in order to meet these needs, and they can't get it, they turn aside to worrying. They turn aside to anxiety. Or they try some other ways. They turn aside towards worrying. Oh, oh, I, I have this needs, for instance, now, rent. Now, this person, for the fear of God, will not steal to pay the rent. For the fear of God, we not key to pay the rent. For the fear of God, we not blackmail or commit one evil or atrocity or the other. But they turn aside to start worrying over the payment of their rent or over the payment of the school fees. That's the human nature again, wanting to have their needs met. But since they can't go evil, they end up what? Worrying. And that leads us to the thoughts on Jesus concerning our needs. 
Now we're going to be examining Jesus' thoughts now concerning our needs, women. Are we to worry to have our needs met? Church, are we to worry to see that our needs are met? No. We are not to worry to see that our needs are met. But in reality, people worry. People consult other things, diabolic powers. People consult one uncle or here, one man or woman there or there, one sugar daddy or one sugar mommy to have their needs met. But let's see Jesus' thoughts now concerning our needs. Let's see Jesus' thoughts concerning our needs. Let's turn to Matthew 6 now. Matthew 6, we'll read from verse 25 to 34. Matthew 6, 25 to 34. To 34, yes. Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life what ye shall eat and what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body. What ye shall put on is not the life more than meat and the body than women. Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into power. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thoughts, can add one cubit unto his statue? And why take ye thoughts for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they speak. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon, in all his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. Yet wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven. Shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that he have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God, and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thoughts for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil girl. Amen. Now, the place where Jesus really addresses on having the needs of a man met is this place, Matthew 6, 25 to 34. So let's dig deep into it now. Let's look at it now. Now I want to ask, why did Jesus tell us to take no thought for our life according to Matthew 6, 25? Why did Jesus say, therefore, take no thought for your life? What shall you eat? Or what shall you drink? Nor yet for your body, what shall you put on? Is not the life more than meat and the body more than raiment? Why did Jesus tell us to take no thought for our life? Please let someone answer for us. Why? Why did Jesus tell us not to take thoughts? 
Because provision has already been made. Okay, let's go on. Now, Jesus gave two things as an example. He gave the birds of the air and he gave the grass of the field for us to look after, like emulates. He said, Take look of the birds of the air. Now, that one addressed the need of food. That addressed the need of food. Say, look at the fowls of the air, they neither sow nor reap. Yet your heavenly Father do what? Feed them. And we are much more better than them. Now, if we made in the image and likeness of God, and a bed not made in the image and likeness of God, is getting fed by God or feeded by God. How can we humans? made in image and likeness of God, worry over food to eat. How come? Why do we as humans, why do we worry over the next meal to take, over the next thing to get? Can we talk now? Why, why, why? Why do we worry over the next meal for us to eat? Because Jesus tells us that Take a look at the fowls of the air. They neither worry for what to eat. We made in his own likeness and in his own image, we worry for what to eat. Why is it so? Can we learn from each other now? Why is it so? Why is it so that we worry for what to eat? Okay. Please give her the mic. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The reason we worry is because we lack knowledge. That is why the Bible said, My people are destroyed from lack of knowledge. You don't know that provision has been made for you. So you are worried. You are disturbing yourself. You are, why is this thing not happening? Why am I doing Because you don't know. Just like a child that did not know that the father has weak things to him, the child will be laboring outside. Because they did not know. Even when you see it, it's written, you know, and you cannot read what is written for you. I, I have written 10 million dollars to you. You will still consider it as ordinary paper. You will go and be doing all manner of labor to feed because you don't know what is meant for you. And it's the same thing in the Christian life. Provision has been made for us. The Bible says, seek. So when you seek, you will also find. And when you do according to what God has plan for you or has ordered yourself to do, God will meet your need. He said that he will supernaturally supply all our needs. And a, I'm, used, I'm going out of your point, but let me use as an example. Elijah have to be an example of this need being met. 
where there was no means for him to be fed, God used a widow to feed him. God also used a bed to feed him. He also used an angel to feed him, and Elijah went in the might of that meal for 40 days and 40 nights. What does that mean? It's telling you that if you do what God wants you to do, He will meet your needs. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. He will meet your needs, even if He did not come that time. The Bible said, Lord, be patient and be followers of those who too patient will inherit yes, the promise. So you must be patient and wait for God for your needs to be met. But sometimes as human, you'll be asking yourself, ah, why is this thing not coming? Why now? Why now? Why now? You'll be troubled. And at that point, the devil may also sow seed to your heart that will discourage you. So you need the need of patience for your needs to be met. After you have done the will of God, after you have seeked the kingdom of God, you must be patient for your needs to be met. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay, someone has an op a, a revelation on that? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I have to worry for our needs to be met. Amen. So many things involved. You know, he said, the Bible said, we should seek the kingdom, we should seek the kingdom of God first, and this righteousness, and every other thing will be added. You know, what about when you seek the kingdom, you seek the righteousness, and you are not seeing those things that will be added? So, so many things involved. Most times, I think we need, <laughs> we need to understand what God is doing at a particular time. You know, I'm a man of different experience of this need of a team. I was working in a church. Initial time, everything was working. So we were coming. With it, there was no problem. All of a sudden, there was a shock from the pit of hell. Members were doing, if I go to visit them, they will be angry. You know, there was no there was no food to eat from headquarters, they were not supplying anything. They said, though I just came, I think maybe two months or maybe three months ago. But the headquarters said the church has lasted for some years, so the church will be taking care of herself. Supply was not coming from anywhere. I will fast from morning to evening, no food to eat in the evening. I will go to bed and sleep like that. That is how I will sleep in the second day. If I wake up in the night, trouble. Because the first thing that will happen, you have not eaten since yesterday morning. <laughs> so, but when I pray, you know, that's why I said, sometimes lack of understanding. God, why are things like this? Because I gave myself, I was doing the work of God, gave my totality. Why are things like this? Do you know what I saw? I saw me pulling two grass, two grasses. I was unable to pull the grass. But I don't have the understanding because then I just entered into the ministry. I went to go and meet another man of God to explain to me. He told me not to continue in that place, that if I should continue, I might tie there. <laughs> then I ran away. Ran away, I did not continue the work of the ministry again. I continued, I was, you know, I did conduct what, I did all kind of things just to make sure I'm getting my name. But the hand of all, you know, I was just getting wrong, wrong result until I returned back to God. So what I was supposed to do there, when I was pulling two grass, I was supposed to ask God, how do I succeed in pulling these two grass? But I left pulling the grass. I went to go and ask somebody to interpret. He gave me wrong interpretation and make everything that went wrong. So sometimes, lack of understanding. Praise God. 
Okay. Please pass the mic to me. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, beloved. I got there. That's to why the men worry. Men always worry as long as you are a man. Until you grow with the supernatural. That is where one is first. As long as you are still in nature as a man, you must get worried. Hallelujah. All right. Let's continue. Jesus gave us his grass for the clothes, but that's, that's okay. That if God should close the grass of the field, how much more of us? Now, and he said we should not do what? We should not worry. That worrying does not solve any of our needs. Now, I, there's a statement people usually make. When you see them in a moody state, and then you ask them, what's the matter? Are you worried over a particular thing? And then they tell you that, no, they are not worried. That they are only concerned about a particular thing. I want, you've heard something like that, right? The person tells you, I'm not worried. I'm only concerned. Now my question is, is there a difference between being worried and being concerned over a particular matter? Or are the two the same? When a Christian tells you, no, I'm not worrying, because he knows that you're going to tell him, or oh, a sister, or brother, why are you worrying? Huh? Jesus is still on the throne. Jesus can still do it again. So he or she will tell you, I'm not worrying. I'm only concerned. Now, I want to know, is there a difference between being worried and concerned? Can we back that up with a scriptural reference? This is a Bible study. And like I said, I love my class interactive. So let's talk. Let's rub mine. Let's interact so people can learn from us. Please give our sister. Do you worry over things or you concerned? You are concerned over them. Hallelujah. I don't have a scripture to back it up. Okay. I think there's difference. There's a difference between worry. the two of them. Yes. Okay. Because being worried is when you are something that thing is bothering you, you want to get to the root of it. You are being worried. I want to quickly know what is the cost of this thing. But if you are just being concerned, it's like, I know that this thing can solve. It's a problem that can solve. But I just want to, I just look at it that when is it going to be solved? It's not totally that because uh, you're concerned about it, you are worried about it. You are not really worried about it if you are just being concerned. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay. Yeah. So let's go into because 
So all is the same. It's just a change of grammar. It's a change of grammar. All right, quickly, let's continue. I'd have loved to ask, okay, no problem, let's go on. Let's go on. Now, how do we practically rely on God to supply our needs? Within the course of this study, we'll give some hints or some answer on how to get them. We'll give you some hints or some answer. Now, the first thing we need to understand is that all our needs have been met. All our needs. That's where Jesus came. All our needs have been met in Christ Jesus. Bible says, all that pertains to life and godliness, he has given them to us in Christ. So everything that pertains to life and godliness are yours. Romans 8.32 says, if God gave his only begotten son Jesus for us, how shall he not with him freely give us all things? So in essence, all our needs have been met. All of them have been met. So it's also recognized that all of them must be met. And that God is also aware of them. God is also aware of, their, of our needs. He's aware of them. He's not sleeping. That's why the place I read says, He neither sleep nor wants, nor slumber. Psalm 1 to 1. He neither sleep, neither does he want, neither does he slumber. Very good. Then tell God your needs. Matthew 7 7 says, Ask. And you shall do what? And you shall receive. So until you tell him. So let him know of your needs. Let him know of your cares. Let him know of your worries, of your concerns. Let him know about them. Open up to him of all that is in you. Then have faith to see your needs met. Have faith to see your needs met. The Bible says in Hebrews 11, 17 to 19, Hebrews 11, 17 to 19, that Abraham believed God for the resurrection of Isaac, that even if he offered up Isaac, God is capable of still bringing Isaac back to life. So have faith to see your needs met. Then finally, understand the principles from which each result you want from God can be gotten. Understand the principles on how to get your needs met. Every needs of a man have a way to get it have a principle to be applied. There are fundamental laws guiding the supply of the needs of man. As um, Pastor Joel was telling us that there are conditions. There are fundamental laws guiding the supply of your needs for it to be what? To be met. So as you're trusting God for the needs of that man, there's a what to do to see the needs met. And that's the principles to apply. For finances, there's a what to do. There are fundamental principles to apply to see that the needs of finances are met. There are fundamental principles. There's a, there are things to be done. Laws for health, there are principles. For career, success in business, there are still laws and principles to see that that particular needs are met. For fruit of the womb, Trusting God to meet your needs of the child. There are principles to apply and also to follow. To see that the needs are what? Are met. Above all, let's live from the Spirit, as we have also said. Because living from the flesh will weary us down. We make us think God has disappointed us. We make us feel that, oh, 
there's no God at all. We make us want to question him if we act from the flesh or we react from the words, from the flesh. Rather, we should respond from the spirits, believing and trusting that our needs will be met. So God is our help in ages past and our hope for years to come. We pray that God Almighty will help us to see that all our needs are given to us even before we ask it of Him in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Faithful Father, we thank you for this study. We bless and glorify your name for having teaching us and opening our understanding concerning you and having our needs met. We pray, dear God Almighty, that you help us respond from the spirits and not from our human flesh. For you say no flesh can please you. Therefore, Lord, help us to act from the spirits in the mighty name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Amen.